0: Now you can have everything in life you want if you'll just help enough other people get what they want. Today is a brand new day, and it's yours.
1: Welcome to the True Performance Show by Ziegler. Every positive pursuit in life, every progression of personal development, change is fueled by one thing: inspiration. It's the drive and the hunger that propels every good endeavor. Without it, we merely have a dream, but never actually move. With it, we can actually overcome insurmountable odds to achieve our desires, convictions, and calling. In this show, we come together to drill down into what really makes success tick and how we can apply it to our unique personal and work lives. I'm your host, Kevin Miller, and right now, we're going to inspire your true performance. Hi, everyone. This is Kevin, and this is Ziggler's True Performance Show, episode 412. Today, Zig continues talking on how to actually make your goals happen. We're going to listen to 11 and a half minutes of Zig on stage, then pull out three focal points and open them up for understanding and application. Today's show is brought to you in part by Design Crowd. That's D E S I G N C R O W D dot com. Design Crowd is a website that helps entrepreneurs and small businesses outsource or crowdsource custom graphic, logo, and web design from designers around the world. Design Crowd has more than 500,000 designers from over 100 countries ready to help you with any creative and design projects you might have. So check out Design Crowd slash ziggler that's d-e-s-i-g-n-c-r-o-w-d dot com slash ziggler to learn more and get a special vip offer for our listeners so today folks we are going straight to zig no chaser are you ready let's get inspired for personal success here is zig
0: now let me simply say this again about those goals and what happens and as i get back to jan and duke McBaron. Because an interesting uh, aside to that little story is this: at one of their recent anniversaries, Jan McBaron gave her husband Duke a portrait. Painted it, commissioned it of the two of them holding hands, walking down the rails on a railroad track. They got the idea because they'd again been listening to my tapes. Now I talk about Automobile University. But Duke Libertore built a little shelf in every room in their house. And on that little shelf, right underneath the light switch, they put a cassette recorder. And when they'd moved from one room to another doing the things they had to do, they were always listening to a tape and one of the examples I use is my frustration as a child down in Yazoo City, Mississippi, where we used to go out and walk the railroad track, you know, on an abandoned area. And we'd try to walk and we'd walk a few steps and fall off. And when we just realized, and we did this later, that uh, if we had just put one of our buddies on the other rail and held hands, we could have gone indefinitely. And they've been so supportive. And I kind of tell that story in detail because it just demonstrates, again, that the philosophy works, whether you want to be a healthy business person with a health food store or a physician. Now, when you talk about goals, how many of you are golfers? Can I see your hand? Let me, let me tell you about Byron Nelson. Oh, I know you know all about Byron Nelson, but let me tell you a little bit more. He played a number of years ago, and he had a vision, a, a dream. He wanted to own a, a debt-free ranch. Now, in 1945, there were 18 PGA events that he won, 11 of them in succession. Now, that is undoubtedly never going to be broken. But let me tell you how it came about. The stage was set in 1944 when he won eight events, was a leading money winner. That was $38,000. That's the equivalent today of $453,790. And when you factor in today's purchases, that would be over $10 million. Now, he's detail-oriented. We talk about the performance planner. That gets you into detail. Byron Nelson, like any good businessman, kept really great records of every round before the 1945 season started, he got those records out, and he checked over, and he noticed that two things came up too often, poor chipping and careless shots. So his goal, his individual goal, was to avoid those careless shots and to become better at chipping. Every good drive, chip or put, could buy another cow. That's the way he measured it. I chip good, I get me another cow. I hit a drive good, I get me another cow win a tournament, and he could buy a few more acres. Now, he had the dream, but he also had it as a long-range goal. He also wanted to have the lowest scoring average. He wanted to break the tournament record, had the big goals, but he also had those little daily goals that made such a difference. Intermediate goal was that year be the leading money winner, lowest scoring average, but his long-range goal was to buy that ranch. Now, folks, I think you all know, he won the uh, most tournaments. He improved his short game. He chipped, uh, got a whole lot better. His putts were even better. When he reached those daily goals, then, ladies and gentlemen, he reached the big goal. Now, what's the way to reach your goals? Well, you've got to take care of your health. Now, you know, folks, the energy you have, the way you feel, the appearance you make is going to make a difference. And if you look healthy, feel healthy, are healthy, and act healthy, then that attracts people and affects every area of your life. Now, how do you take care of your health? Well, I want to cover about three things. First of all, you get adequate sleep. Now, there's been a lot of research done on this recently. Folks, when you burn the candle at both ends, it does not increase your productivity very long, you need to get a reasonable amount of sleep to be really sharp at what you are doing. Your creativity suffers uh, if you don't get enough sleep. You need to get on a sensible eating and exercise program, and you need to avoid the poisons. Now, it's not news to anybody when I say that smoking, drinking alcohol, and using drugs, those things are poisons, and they will negatively impact your health. Then you need to ensure your attitude. Now, I do hear a lot of people saying that attitude is everything. I believe attitude is the beginning point. But you still got to have the skills to go along with it if the attitude is going to be effective. I remember when I was in the seventh grade, I went out for the boxing team. I was a big old fellow. I weighed 82 and a half pounds. My closest opponent was Joe Stringer. He weighed 62 and a half pounds. I knew I was going to kill him. But what I had forgotten was he'd been out for the boxing team the last couple of years. Now, I'd been a playground gladiator, but there's a difference in that squared circle where you got certain rules that you go by. Well, I stepped in the ring full of confidence. And Joe was a math major, so it only took him about three and a half seconds to figure out that the shortest distance to the end of my nose was a straight left jab. <laughs> and he apparently thought I was a slow learner because he had another two seconds and there it was again, and again, and again, and again. I quickly decided I was far too busy to go out for the boxing team. <laughs> now, mercifully... The coach, Coach Permaner, put a stop to it after the first round. And he started taking me aside and showing me how to defend myself. Well, in a week or two, I, was a, uh, I started becoming the hit or instead of just a hit e. And that was a whole lot more fun. At the end of the year, folks, uh, I was doing pretty good. Actually, I was whipping him. I outweighed him 20 pounds, so that was to be expected Now, when I stepped in the ring that first day, I got to tell you, my attitude was great. And I almost got killed (laughs) until you had the skill. You got to have the attitude, but you've got to acquire the skills that are necessary to be successful. Attitude includes optimism. One of my favorite writers was William Arthur Ward. He says, real optimism is is aware of problems, but recognizes the solutions. Knows about difficulties, but believes they can be overcome. Sees the negatives, but accentuate the positives. Is exposed to the worst, but expects the best. Has reason to complain, but chooses to smile. Become uh," And you know, that I believe is about the best definition that I've heard. How do you build an attitude? You become a good finder. You look for the good in people, organizations, your own family. Early in the series, you know, I talked about the Birmingham lady who hated her job. But when we analyzed her job, we found 22 things she liked about it. And she started finding good in her husband, in her community, in her church, and a whole lot of other things. Become a good finder. You you start... Your day by reading something of significance. You know, psychologists say that your first encounter of the day has more bearing on your attitude for the day than the next three or four will have. Choose something uplifting, encouraging to read, or something that's funny. The Redhead and I read the funny papers uh, every morning when I'm home. Now, we don't do a lot of the reading. I generally read her, Dennis the Menace, who's my favorite theologian. I, uh, I read her, B.C. Uh, I read uh, Toby. Now, we got a new cat coming in there. It is absolutely terrific. When you start the day laughing, that helps your day. Then, of course, you need to enroll in Automobile University. Folks, I was a visiting scholar at the University of Southern California for two years. They did some studies out there and discovered that in three years' time, if you live in a metropolitan area and drive 12,000 miles a year, you can acquire the equivalent of two years of college education in your automobile. Uh, we have a young man, I mentioned him earlier, lives up uh, just outside of Tulsa, Oklahoma, has learned nine foreign languages in his automobile. Uh, that's right. He graduated from high school a GED when he was 22 years old. Virtually all of it has been acquired in his car. To build the right attitude, you need to establish some symbols. You know, in virtually every street corner, you will find those symbols. Now, what are those symbols? Some people call them red lights. Some people call them stop lights. Some people call them traffic lights. They're go lights. They literally are put there to make traffic go. And if you don't believe that, you tell me what happens when one of them is turned off and there's not a policeman around to direct the traffic. Let me ask you, have you ever been at one of those go lights and you're sitting there, you're all enthused, highly motivated, you're listening to your Zig Ziglar tapes. And as you do so, you look out the side of your eye and there's a dude sitting over here and he's waiting on the light too. Now you're going to spend 30 hours a year waiting on those lights. He's got a good firm grip on that steering wheel. I mean, he doesn't want that car to go anywhere. You watch him, and he got his mouth fixed exactly right just in case he has to talk to that thing. And then much to your amazement, he starts racing the car. Now, I don't know, I don't want to be negative, but folks, I don't care how fast to race the engine. That ain't going to change the color of the light. <laughs> you, you see, what I'm saying is, you need to look at them what they are. They're go lights to make your trip safely. My good friend, Bernie Lofchick, who's been my good friend for 35 years, Bernie's the most positive man in America, or anywhere else. He lives in Canada. But Bernie has never had a cold, for example. On occasion, he has a warm. (laughs) He doesn't talk about the weekend. He says, that's negative. Uh, He calls it the strong end. And uh, that really is what it is. Well, Bernie, uh, and you might be saying, well, now, Zig, come on, is all of that necessary? Nah, you can be mediocre without it. Mediocre? What's that dude talking to me about? I was number one in sales last year. I got my PhD. Uh, I own five big businesses. I'm worth over $14 million. Well, bully for you. I still say mediocrity. Success is not measured by what you do compared to what somebody else does. Success is measured by what you do compared to what you are capable of doing. That's what this program is about, bringing out what is inside of you. You'll get a lot out of this program, but the program is going to get an awful lot more out of you.
1: Okay, from that talk, folks, I pulled out three points to open up for better digestion. It's one thing to hear a great truth and a great wisdom, another thing to actually apply it to our lives. That's what we sit here and do together. First, I want to thank Braintree for sponsoring this episode of Ziggler's True Performance Show. For those of you who do business online, which I know a lot of our Ziggler audience does, even if you have a brick and mortar store these days, you also do business online. You probably also remember the first dollar you made. And now, if you're ready to make your millionth dollar, you need the right payments partner to grow with, one that's an expert at helping people complete the transaction. And not suffer shopping cart fallout, which is higher than most people ever realize. Braintree lets you accept every way to pay from PayPal to Apple Pay and everything in between. All it takes is one integration and it doesn't matter what currency your customers use because Braintree lets you accept over 130 of them. So to learn more about how your company can grow with Braintree, visit BraintreePayments.com slash Ziggler. Again, that's brain tree com slash Ziggler. So the first point that Zig Pulls out, he tells the story of the couple who put a tape recorder under every light switch so they turn it on and listen to positive programming in every room of their house at all times. Now, today, the majority of us have a smartphone in our pocket where we can listen to anything and everything nonstop, super easy, anywhere we go. I am constantly listening to mine whether it's listening in the morning while I work out whether it's in my car to listen to whatever I want to whether it's great content from a spoken word standpoint or if it's great uplifting inspiring uh music and you can you know you can listen every time all the time it's uh, not so cumbersome as putting a tape recorder in the room. When we interviewed Seth Godin for Ziegler's True Performance Show some months back, he talked about the power of the audio messages and how they are working, even when we aren't paying attention, Uh, which was really interesting to me. I have a difficult time listening to audio. Uh, If I'm listening to audio and and doing anything else, I I don't listen to it. It's It's uh, I'm not hearing it. I I need to read to make myself focus for the most part. But when he talked about that, I thought, you know, I, I know that to be true. Even though when I don't think I'm listening, I am hearing some things. So it made me think about just the day to day as we go about our lives and what we're hearing constantly, either intentionally or in the background, but it's always going on. Is it radio, TV, internet, coworkers, gossip, and on and on and on. And what are the things that are going on or Even when you're alone and you hear your own thoughts, what are you hearing then? So this is really interesting. I heard this years back and I looked it up for this show. So I'm going to read a little section here if you'll bear with me. This is what the Cleveland Clinic says. I'm a big fan of the Cleveland Clinic uh, and uh, what they do there. So I had an article that's uh, Don't Believe Everything You Think, which a a friend of mine always uses as his signature in emails. Don't believe everything you think. This is what the Cleveland Clinic writes. Check this out, folks. Each person has an average of 60,000 thoughts a day. That's one thought per second in every waking hour. Amazingly, 95% are the same thoughts repeated every day. On average, here's the kicker. 80% of those habitual thoughts are negative. Unfortunately, our brains are hardwired to pay more attention to negative experiences than to positive ones. That's right. Our brains are designed to take in and register negative experiences more deeply than positive experiences. This served us well. In fact, it was critical for survival when we were foraging for food centuries ago, paying close attention to anything that might place us in danger like a saber-toothed tiger. We even have a name for this type of thinking. It's negativity bias. And it's not a great prescription for happiness. Again, survival maybe, but not happiness. Through MRI imaging, it goes on to say, researchers have proven that negative thoughts stimulate the areas of the brain that promote depression and anxiety. They've also proven that positive thoughts set off a cascade of positive hormones throughout the body that results in feelings of calm and peace. The good news is we can train our brains to think new and different thoughts. The topic of what makes people happy has become a favorite of researchers around the world. The results of some of this research show that happy people question their own thinking. When we question our thoughts, we change our relationship with our thinking, and we're able to choose what we believe and what we respond to in our lives. In that way, we reclaim power from our habitual thinking and all those daily negative thoughts. Through regular relaxation practice, you develop the ability to not believe everything you think. You learn to take in and focus on the happy moments in your day, the ones you might be missing while looking out for the saber toothed tiger. I think that is incredibly profound writing from the Cleveland Clinic. And it got me thinking that, you know, if that's the case, 80% of the time I need to be working to rewire and reroute my thinking if I want to rewrite my life and get different results. But it's amazing that they're saying we had so many thoughts, 60,000, regardless of, of the amount, though that's dramatic, the fact that 95% of our thoughts are generally the same thoughts we think every single day, and 80% of them are naturally negative. Well, goodness gracious. So yeah, I, I want something to remind me in every room that I am constantly bringing in positive thoughts, Into my head, optimistic thoughts, faith filled thoughts, hope filled thoughts. Or I'm also, you know, and or I am just doing things to call attention to myself to what am I thinking right now? What is being input into my head right now? It's dramatic, dramatic, more so than we think about. And yet it's nothing they taught us in school or taught us at home. It's just life happening, right? And yet it will happen to us. We have to happen to it. Okay. Point number two from Zig's message. He's talking about big goals, that they are the result of smaller goals. And of course we drill down further. Like always, we come to daily habits, but I like his story of the golfer who kept detailed records of every game so that he was able to look back and measure his results. Of course, primarily looking at the problems that he could correct, for better performance, to make his performance better, his golfing better. So with our lives, if someone monitored us every day, I think they would be able to report to us much that we do not realize at all, but is easily seen. In one of the shows, one of our other uh, Ziegler true performance shows, we interviewed Tom Rath. He's the renowned author of StrengthsFinder 2.0, uh, but he recently authored the book, Fully Charged. That's what our show was about. And in looking at what made one day better than another, he did the research and he found out. And it's interesting that so many people go, gosh, you know, you know, how you doing today? I think about this now because of Tom Rath. I think about this when somebody says, you know, how you doing today? And I did this the other day. I responded, well, you know what? I got a cup of coffee in my hand. It's a pretty good day. You know, laugh, laugh. And I thought, well, that's really lame. So it takes something specific to dictate. It takes a cup of coffee to dictate whether my day is good or bad. Uh, How about, you know what, this this is, count your blessings, uh, look on the bright side, have gratitude. There's so much coming out right now. Research on the power of gratitude every day should be a great day. Or is it just happenstance, whether somebody happens to bring me an Americano or not, which they happen to that day. Now, not to just diss everything we say, but it's important. And here I was giving an immediate response to something that I did not necessarily in that instance, I didn't have control over. Somebody just happened to bring me and I responded to that as the reason why my day was good. Well, that's what Tom talks about. Tom Rath. He says for days that are consistently good, what do we do? What do people do who have those kind of days? And he did the research. So if our lives that were monitored and tracked, we could measure what it is that we do and don't do that lead to a good day or a bad day, right? That lead to progress or stagnation. I mean, we are creatures of habit. And if we monitored a hundred people, we could simply track their daily habits and their routines and actions and see why some are happy, why some succeed and why others are unhappy and and failing. And we would just look at what they do and what they don't do. And of course, that's what people like Tom Rath do. And they say, well, the people that are succeeding, it's not just happenstance. It's not luck of the draw. It's not the lottery. It's because they did more of these things that relate to a good day. Uh, and these others that continually end up in an unhappy place a failing place are just making these here they are they're making all the same decisions that lead to that it's uh fairly black and white doesn't mean it's easy change is not easy but it is simple you know so when you have anyone including yourself who has ever uh, well have you ever done that have you ever audited tracked and measured your lives Have you ever known anybody else who says, you know what? I, for the past month, I audited, tracked and measured everything I do. We see that with people with their diet. When they finally say, oh my goodness, I need to get healthier. I need to get well. I need more energy. I need to lose weight, yada, yada. And I'm going to go adopt a certain type of diet. Nutritionally is often what they're talking about. And they start counting calories, right? Uh, Something I don't enjoy doing at all, but they count calories. And of course, what they usually do is they're now accountable and saying, oh my gosh, yeah, I'm eating too much or Oh my goodness. I had no idea that healthy in quotes muffin, uh, was, you know, a billion calories. It's like eating a pint of Ben and Jerry's. And so it's meaningful when we do that though, count the calories. It's got kind of counting the costs and understanding. Well, how about if we did that with our day to day, minute by minute, hour by hour things we do every day, just the actions that we take. So I have a dear friend, Jonathan Poole. I'm going to have him on the show here sometime. You can find him at Jonathan, J-O-N-A-T-H-A-N pool, P-O-O-L, just like a swimming pool, jonathanpool.net. He and his family visited my home just a few weeks ago. Incredible guy. He does life plans with people. It's three intense days of mapping out your life. It's absolutely life transforming. And I should know I did it three years ago. I did it. And I will never forget stepping back to look at, three. Now he does a lot of these big easel pads. He makes you, he maps your life out so you can see it and you'll have a room full of these two by three foot easel pads. But there were three, I think three or four. I still, I have them. They're my, they're, they're at my house, <clears throat> but they were uh, easel pads on a certain aspect of looking at the success and failures, primarily vocationally, but in my life overall that were graphed out here, the ups and downs in essence. And folks, it was mind blowing. It was a near, what I saw on mine was a near Perfect graph of success, sabotage, failure. Success, sabotage, failure, and you could see the actions and the the whys behind it. Well, seeing it well, didn't make an immediate fix, just as when you find you know you have a chronic illness, it takes a while to correct. But folks, I'm sitting here today, about three years later, at the highest level success success I've ever achieved in nearly every area of my life. So much of it started with just being able to see and go, "Oh my goodness." I did not know. I mean, I see it there. The graph came from the things that I related to Jonathan's questions, but I had never seen the reality of it. You know, it's like having blood tests and realizing, geez, I didn't know I had these deficits, but the blood test, gosh, here it is in graphs. I do that in the health and wellness arena that I'm in and uh really powerful. Do you, have you ever audited your day to day? Habits, actions, routines, the things that you do, if you will do that, you will be able to see, geez, when I do this and this and this, this is what happens. This is why I end up at the end of the day, frustrated, in despair, uh, or excited and motivated and feel like I can conquer the world. It's not happenstance. We can see what causes it and what doesn't. So why, what do we do daily? Why do we do what we do and what needs to be added or deleted to get different results. Okay, folks, the third and final point here is a biggie. Before we hit that, I want to welcome a new supporter of Ziggler's true performance show, nerd wallet. Folks. I recently went to Cancun on an all expenses uh, paid. It was one of those all expenses. Everything included resort with my wife. It cost nearly 600 bucks per day to be there. We went for six days. I only paid for two. How? I simply made all my purchases on a credit card that offered the right rewards instead of using my debit card. And at the end of the month, just paid it off. Anyways, it was money I was already spending. So we flew for free there as well, you know, but with hundreds of different credit cards out there, choosing one that gets you what you want is really complex. So finding the right card at NerdWallet is a lot faster and easier. They personalize what you're looking for. You compare over 1,700 credit cards in seconds, and it makes it really easy to find and apply uh, for your next credit card. That gives you the bonuses that you want for using it. So NerdWallet, again, they do it all for you. It's like a concierge there. Their financial experts give you straightforward, no hype reviews, just clear and honest information, no getting bogged down in the fine print. And you know what? I also recently flew 11 family members to a cross-country reunion. I only paid 1300 bucks after using, again, a bunch of reward miles. So get all that you can from the money you spend. Again, pay it off at the end of the month, but visit nerdwallet.com slash Ziggler. Again, it's nerdwallet.com slash Ziggler. So in point number three that Zig brings us, he says how to reach goals Here's a big one. Take care of your health. The energy you have, this is Zig quoting, uh, or quotes from him, the energy you have, the way you feel, the appearance you make. If you look, feel, are, and act healthy, it attracts people and affects every area of your life. Well, he says then, so how do you take care of your health? And folks in knowing, uh, Zig, and of course now knowing Tom, he, he was always addressing his health he had a point where he weighed a lot and he wasn't exercising. And from that point on, even into, well, to the end of his days, he had a fitness center that they went to. I went to uh, one of them with Tom at uh, one of my visits there. And uh, it was something that he he pursued. And he, here's why. Here he talks about it. So how do you take care of your health? Three things. Number one, adequate sleep. And folks, in being involved heavily in the health and wellness industry, that's not just time but quality, but not one or both. You hear somebody says, oh my gosh, I figured out how to get the deepest sleep for three hours and then I'm good. It's false. Or if they say, hey, I sleep for 10 hours, so I must be awesome, right? Well, if it's not quality sleep, no, they still wake up tired. That's one of the questions that uh, you ask people is, okay, how long do you sleep? Do you feel tired? Or do you feel rested afterwards? It has to be both quality and quantity. Many people get five hours. I think this is the myth. They get five hours of sleep and then they think, you know, I've got to put time into work, but they work at half mast. They're working at what percentage of great, they'd be better off to get eight hours of sleep and they get more productivity out of the time that they are awake. And creativity is a primary place that suffers when you are sleep deprived. So no wonder that we end up when we're trying to make changes in our life, we're trying to get the most out of ourselves that it's difficult because we're sleep deprived. That's where our creativity is gone. That's where it's hard to see the options. Look at your sleep. That was number one from Zig and taking care of your health. Number two, eating and exercise programs. That's big. We have so much information out there. And yet we have so many people still eating the normal, in this case, American diet, the Western diet, and not exercising, we have become a dramatically sedentary uh, culture. Dramatically, we eat the wrong things and we don't move around. Uh, back to Tom Rath, that was one of his things: is move, get out there, and just move. It doesn't have to be exercise specifically; just just move. Get a standing desk, you know, pace around a little bit. How much are you moving? I see a lot of people with the Fitbits, the the uh, armbands, the Fitbits are you know watch looking things. That just at the end of the day, they'll tell you again, it's like measuring what you're doing and it'll tell you how much you did or did not move. It's a great accountability tool. Number three, then for taking care of your health, that Zig says is ensure your attitude. Attitude is uh, everything he actually pulls out as a myth. We would think about that. I think a lot of people think of Zig. Oh yeah, attitude is everything. It's great that he comes out and says, attitude is not everything. It is the beginning point. You still have to have the skills to go along with it, if the attitude is to be effective. So he goes on to talk about attitude and the power and the necessity of being an optimist. You know, folks, as I thought about this, I mean, being an optimist is really not a popular perspective to have in our culture. And I can't tell you, I'm really bright enough to know exactly why, but it's interesting to look at You know, the majority of comedy is around negative issues. Sarcasm is one of the most common social patterns that we'll see in a social group. When you find someone who is positive and optimistic and talking about good things and pulling out the positive, they often come off. Uh, honestly, as a little weird. They must be selling something, right? I mean, I've personally had issues with the optimistic and positive parades in my life before, but then I come back to one of my favorite quotes from Zig where he says, positive thinking won't let you do anything, but it will help you. It will help you do everything better the negative thinking will we know that we intellectually know that we experientially know that, but again, is it one of those things that we take captive and proactively insert and exercise in our lives? so I was recently had this discussion with one of my sons. We were actually at this family reunion that I mentioned uh playing a game called cornhole where you take a like a uh, it's a bag full of corn uh, and you throw it at this. Um, a tilted piece of wood that has a hole in it. So it's eye hand coordination and and throwing, right? So we're playing that. And he said, I stink at this. This is my uh, third oldest son. Uh, He said, I stink at this. Well, come on. His mom's a brain expert. And so we stopped right there. I didn't shame or try to convince him, but just made the simple observation that is truthful, that when he said that, when he said, I stink at this, he made an immediate brain programming that would cause him to stink, to perform worse. And I asked him if win or lose, would he rather do better or worse right now in the game? He said, well, of course better. So I said, well, then tell your brain something that'll just make your body perform better the best it can. And he honestly just took it. He's 10 years old, took it at face value. And he said, okay. He said, I'm great at this game. And we played and he did fine and he enjoyed it more. I mean, that's, that's a big deal, folks. It's really simplistic, not easy, but simplistic. Uh, Well, in the same vein, Zig talks about the first hour of the day that it has more impact on your day than the next three to four will have on your attitude. And from your attitude, of course, come your actions and your results. So if we take that and we hear a lot of experts talk about this, the first hour of the day. So my dad, Dan Miller, who's often on this show here with me as a guest host and as an interviewee. Uh, he wrote a book called the rudder of the day, did this many years back. He's a student of Zig folks, the rudder of the day. And it was about that first hour of your day being the rudder for the rest of your day. And you can get that book by the way, at 48 days.com. That's the number four, 48 days.com. You can go buy the rudder of the day. It's got a ship on the front of it. It's a powerful book, but Zig talks about in that first hour that we need to fill ourselves with uplifting, encouraging funny, inspiring content. I, for myself, I work out most mornings while listening to a Bible on tape and I listen to Psalms. Uh, I generally start with Psalm 22. Actually, again, since listening, as I mentioned before, Seth Godin talking about, hey, those auditory messages are working, whether we're aware of them or not, they are working. I have been really meditating, focusing, uh, submersing myself, if you will. In Psalms, and I start generally with Psalm 22, it goes into 23, the Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want, and I'm listening to those over and over and over while I work out. So I'm inspiring my body through the workout, my mind through the audios. On weekends, I often try to sleep in a little bit longer, but uh, then I try to get out on the back porch, hopefully alone with my Bible, my journal, and a great cup of coffee to give that as the rudder to my day and my weekend. So what are you doing in that first hour? Folks, there are plenty of times, especially with the big family that I have and demands on my times where I miss this. And I wake up with a jolt and I dive into getting where we ever ever have to be. And that harriedness and that chaos does not start my day off. And then I don't need to wonder why I may show up at my desk feeling like, oh, my gosh, yeah, where is my creativity? Where is my inspiration? Well, it's not there like like it is when I take proactive control over that beginning of my day. And you know what? I'll insert there. Zig didn't mention this, but it's it's statistically proven, scientifically proven, that you can say a similar thing about the last part of your day, how you end your day. If you ever listen to something, listen to something, especially for me it's music. Listen to music has to be happens to be the last song that I listen to. It may even be an hour before I actually went to bed. And I'll wake up in the morning and that song is running through my head. That is interesting, especially if I think about having anything negative going through my brain. And then I go to sleep and what is just on repeat that I wake up influenced by subconsciously, man, that's powerful and convicting. But the last thing that Zig says in this message, the last thing I pulled out from it right at the end, he says success is measured by what not, by, not by just what you do uh, in comparison to others but it's compared to what you are capable of doing that is inspiring and convicting success is not measured by what you do in comparison to others, but compared to what you are capable of doing. That's what Zig devoted himself to is saying you are, we are all capable of more and success is going after it and achieving that which we are capable of folks. Thanks for tuning in to show episode 412 of ziggler's true performance show it's an honor to walk through these with you look forward to being with you in the next show